back with another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, episode number seven here on Peoria Life. Remember, you can check out this episode and past episodes on PeoriaLife.com, YouTube, Peoria TV, Channel 17 on the i3 broadband system, all over Facebook. And of course, we're streaming on Facebook Live right now on Peoria Life's Facebook page. This is Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to talk to some of your favorite radio and television personalities and see what they're like off the air. I'm Scott Wheeler from Super Hits 1290 AM and 102.7 FM. And today I am talking to my partner in crime on Super Hits WIRL. He does the morning show. He is a longtime Peoria radio veteran and radio veteran to begin with, working in uh, markets like Oakland and Shreveport and Minneapolis, and the list goes on and on. Welcome, Rick Stevenson, my friend. You. Thank you. Thank Good. you. Same here. So uh, you're a West Coast boy, right? Yeah, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, uh, born in Oakland. I lived most of my life in Fremont, California, okay. which is now the headquarters of Tesla and some of those, right, and, right, right. and um, and it's it. I went back a couple of years ago, uh, and it has just changed so much. But uh, yeah, yeah, Bay Area boy. So did you start radio there in Oakland? Yeah, yeah. It. Um, uh, I started in 1970 at our, Fremont had its own radio station, mm -hmm. and uh, the typical 3,000 watt FM, which was. Not necessarily desirable in those days because FM was nothing like it is today. <laughs> and of course, everybody wanted to be on AM. But I, you know, and when I got into radio, I wanted to be a sportscaster. Oh, because yeah. I love sports, but there just weren't the opportunities like there are now getting into sportscasting. And uh, when you're five foot six, you can no longer play. High school was, <laughs> there was no way in the world I was going to run up to any of the linemen or any of that kind of stuff. So my next option was either sports photography or sports caster. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I'd like to do sports casting. Mm -hmm. And so I, a uh, guy moved into the market from Wisconsin and he was going to do high school sports and all that. And he knew that I was interested. Uh, he had contacted the local community college and of which I was the uh, sports information director and they told him about me. So he helped me out and I worked for six months for free, just learning the ropes and mm -hmm. running jobs mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So if you had to call a game today, do you think you could? Um, yeah, yes, but no, because I couldn't take the whiplash. I mean, you know, <laughs> sports fans are some of the, the most critical in this day and age of social media. I would get, you know, I could call the game, but whether or not people would like it or not, it's another thing. Uh, I did some, you know, public address announcing. Uh, when I was in Shreveport, I did the public address uh, for the uh, local Giants affiliate mm. down there. Uh, but, and I remember years ago talking to the Riverman about filling in for B.J. Stone when he was... PA guy, uh, yeah. Yeah, and they talked to me, and I said, I couldn't do hockey. And, and I've always heard that that's the worst sport to do because <laughs> everything's on the fly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love hockey. I just didn't know it well enough. And the <laughs> players, and of course, that's where you get the 65-letter names and, <laughs> and everything else. So, yeah, I... I, I some sports, yes. Other sports, no. So you spent probably two decades in country radio, bopping around the country. You're kind of the 
the stereotypical keep your suitcase packed disc jockey that moves from town to town and works his way up from market to market. Walk us through that journey a little bit. Well, actually, the you know the country the country career really went close to four decades, and wow. it was um, I started out as I wanted to be a sportscaster. The station when we weren't doing the games was a country station. And uh, you hang around there enough, and you finally get offered the all-night shift, which was basically uh, watching uh, the automation system run, HAL, which was the entire size of the studio in those days. <laughs> now your iPhone can run a radio station, but um, it was, uh, I did the all-night shift, and then they uh, finally said, would you like to do... Um, my phone's going off. I mean, my watch. Um, speaking of running a radio station. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, they gave me my first live show, which was probably the scariest moment of my life. I remember not being able to set the needle on the record. I, my hand was just shaking so much. But um, so I, you got a job there, and I was there for two years. And you get to the point where... Um, you know, you get to know people there. They move on to other operations. They give you a call. Hey, we got a part-time opening here. You want to come work here? And so that in introduces you to your next station. And um, I went from there to uh, KSAY in San Francisco, which was a radio station. The offices were in San Francisco. The studios were in a Quonset hut next <laughs> to the Bay Bridge Toll Plaza. And uh, that sounds like a real moniker broadcasting live from the Quonset next to the toll. And it literally was that way. I mean, you arrived at work, you went around the back of the building. Sometimes there was a rat the size of a jackrabbit sitting on the back porch. And I'm thinking, yep, working in San Francisco. This is it. And uh, so I worked at several other stations, and the final one in the Bay Area was KNEW in uh, Oakland, San Francisco, and they were in Jack London Square. And uh, it was owned by a company called Mallwright Communications. Uh, they had bought it from Metro Media, who owned like the Ice Capades in those days mm -hmm. and the Harlem Globetrotters. And, and um, so I was there, and then they invited me to uh, do a stint in Cleveland for a week, kind of like an on-the-air audition, mm -hmm. um, because I had done mornings filling in for a guy they fired, and uh, turned out to be a really good rating book, and they said, we can't use him here, but maybe he wants to go somewhere else. And so they put me in Cleveland for the week, which was a headquarters for Mall right. Mm -hmm. That led to the morning offer in Minneapolis, which I moved to in 84. So I was in Minneapolis for six years at WDGY, left there, went to Albuquerque, worked there for two and a half years. Uh, Minneapolis is where I got into management, and then I went down to Albuquerque as a manager, to Shreveport as a manager, to Phoenix as a manager. And then finally, when I came back to Shreveport, um, it was like... You know, there's something about this managing business. <laughs> Anytime you go to a new operation and the, somebody else buys the operation, this was a time during deregulation and everything that everybody was buying up radio stations. They'd bring in their own people, and mm -hmm. you were out looking for work again. And mm -hmm. so I finally came to Peoria in 2001. They talked to me about management in... <laughs> At River Country, I said, I want nothing to do with man. I'll do managerial things. I don't want to be the program director. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so they, um, so I did mornings at 97.3 River Country, and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. And how long was the stint there? Uh, I was at River Country for 10 years, just, just shy of 10 years. And uh, they decided not to renew my contract. And uh, that's when I got out of radio. I made this decision that I wanted to try and stay in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Peoria. The uh, I don't know. I scratch my head to this day wondering, why am I trying to stay here? You know, between... <laughs> Between the governments and everything that Illinois is known for and all that, I said, I'm busting my butt to stay in Illinois, and yet they keep doing things that make me think, why are you staying here? But I like it here. I, I, you, know, I, you know, a lot of people thought I would follow my daughter. She got married, uh, and he's in the Air Force, and um, uh, people thought I would follow them. Mm-hmm. But being an Air Force, they were at Minot Air Force Base at the time in North Dakota, and I thought, I don't want to get stuck at Minot. And, and in hindsight, Minot's my really a nice place. I really mm. liked it up there. And now they're out in California at Vandenberg Air Force Base. So so I, between them being all over, and I thought, you know, Peoria's right in the middle of the country. I can get wherever I want to go, wherever mm. I need to go. And I own a home here. I like it here. Um, and the climate doesn't bother me, having lived in Minneapolis mm. for six years. It's, <laughs> and winter's never been the problem. I deal with uh, you know su- winter better than I do summer and the heat and humidity. But um, so I just thought, I liked it here, and then I got the opportunity to go back on the air three years ago with WIRL, and that's been fun. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first started listening to you, was at River Country, and you you did some pretty. Um, <clears throat> Pretty cool landmark, uh, we call them bits in the industry, but things that people could tune to you for. I remember you used to go and have kids say the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. You did some other things you were kind of known for, like... Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, we got a lot of comment on, yeah. and, and and that was a great, uh, great deal. Um, I, I did Do Me a Favor Friday, which was... Um, I had done it for a brief time in Shreveport, and it was more of a gag than it was anything else. Uh, people would call up and, and say, yeah, I, you know, I'm um, five months pregnant, and I want to find out the sex, but my doctor won't let me do it yet. Could you call him and get me in to get you know the ultrasound uh-huh. and we would end up going with the person oh, to cool. the doctor and 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 it, it was fun and all that uh in 2003 here uh i was at uh living in cape cod apartments at the time and was hit by that tornado oh yeah back in 2003 and um i was amazed at the outpouring of help and people who who needed help and and I, and i was thinking you know there was a lot of people like myself, I would never ask for help. I'd just barrel through and try and do what I do. But I was amazed at the at the outpouring of help uh, being made available. And I thought, you know, that'd be something where maybe I ought to bring back Do Me a Favor Friday, mm-hmm. but this time in Peoria. And so, and we made it, but we changed the, the feeling of it in the sense that it was people who um, really we're reaching out for help. You know, mm-hmm. we would get calls from, uh, got a call from a daughter who's uh, 70 year old parents, 80 year old parents uh, had a house and they needed the, the garage painted and dad was in a wheelchair and mom says she's going out to paint the, paint the garage. Mm-hmm. And we put it out there and we'd get eight or 10 of us to go up there and, 
and paint the garage for mm. them one weekend. And and so every 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 Friday there was two or three different mm -hmm. you know favors that we were able to perform. That's one great. of the great things about living in Peoria is that spirit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It it was it was amazing. I know. Um, when the Washington tornado happened, I had a friend uh, who was hit by that, and I contacted him and said, let me tell you, as bad as it is now, and it, it's bad, mm -hmm. you were going to be so thankful you went through this experience. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to go through it again. I, I just hear the word tornado warning, and radios are going on, <laughs> and I am listening. But uh, you get so much out of gone, having gone through mm -hmm. that just in lessons learned, you learn what's important, what's not, things of that nature. So Now, wasn't there a time when you were in country radio where your name would pop up in USA Today? I, I remember yeah. you were on some sort of panel. What was yeah. that? Um, wow, USA Today, that's big time. Let me tell you about that day. <laughs> Th that day, that happened when I was in Minneapolis, and on the same day, I get a call from Disney World, and they're going to celebrate their 15th anniversary, and they're inviting us down to do our morning show okay. live from Disney World. I'm going, okay, yeah, sure, let me check with the boss. I'm going, the boss is not going to do it. I put it aside. USA Today contacts me <laughs> and says, we are looking for country programmers to pick an album that you want to highlight as the, the album of the month mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to have a panel we're going to have your picture and your name and and why you selected you know 60 words or less mm -hmm. it wasn't even that much uh why you picked the album and i thought wow this is kind of nice and i said yeah sure and so they said well hey send us a picture this this and that and we'll uh we'll we'll start setting it up for to, for you to be in uh usa today and then Disney World calls back, says, hey, are you going to come or not? And I said, well, my boss is never going to pay for that. He says, no, we're paying for everything. You got family? Bring your family. We're paying for everything. You come down and do the show. And, and I'm thinking, I'm going to Disney World to do a show. I'm going to be in USA. I said, I don't care how good tomorrow is. It's going to suck because today was off the charts. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I did that for 13 months. Once a month, we were in USA Today, picked an album. Do you and, remember uh, picking an album that ended up skyrocketing to the top of the charts? Or well, I or were you I, 0 for 13? No, <laughs> they all did pretty good. I wanted that. There were two that I remember the most. One was the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band yeah. album. I believe it was called Hold On, mm -hmm. and um, I remember picking the album. It was just a great album. It's just super. And Jeff Hanna, the lead singer from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, came by the station and. And uh, they were performing uh, that day, and so he he came in and he he mentioned the USA Today article mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, thanks for putting us in there." I said, "Well, you're welcome." He says, "Anything you like off that album?" I said, "You got a hit. You got a song on that album. It could be a huge hit. It's called Dancing to the Beat of a Broken Heart.'" And he said, "Oh, he says, well, I think they're going to release Fishing in the Dark, which was their biggest hit ever." <laughs> and I said, "Big mistake." <laughs> And, uh, and needless to say, Jeff never called me up and asked me what I thought they should release. But And uh, some of them, uh, Steve Warner had uh, small, uh, It's a Crazy World, sure. 
And, uh, and that forged a whole new friendship with Steve Warner mm -hmm. that uh, he invited me down to watch an album being wow. made and put me on the, the back of the cover. See, there's so many stories, yeah. but that, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it, it led to a lot of great things. It was only 13 months long, but and when you see it, you open up the page and you look at it and say, oh, I'm in the newspaper. <laughs> well, you've been in the newspaper for one thing or another, but when I got off a plane in Nashville and walked off the plane and there's a USA Today rack, you're going, dang. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, that was a cool opportunity. Yeah. We're talking with Rick Stevenson, who is the morning host at Super Hits WIRL and uh, a, a long career in radio. And for those of you who don't know, when he mentions markets like Minneapolis and Phoenix, these are big-time cities and big-time radio markets, so we're lucky to have him <laughs> in Peoria for sure. But uh, with all that, radio is not the only thing you do, Mr. Energizer Bunny. Tell me about, let's go to uh, the train um, uh, love that you have. You not only do the model trains and so forth, but you drive the train at Wildlife Prairie Park, the Zephyr, right? I've been out uh, at Wildlife Prairie Park for 10 years now, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, driving the train uh, on the weekends with Mark McGregor, who works over at Channel 31. And uh, Mark and I worked, and we've worked together out on the train for about nine nine of those years, and uh, it's just it's a blast. Mm -hmm. We have we have a great time. Uh, I tried to get out there for a few years and never could get somebody to call me. And <laughs> we did a radio promotion out there, and that was my in. I was out there as a guest engineer, and so they said I told them I'd like to do this on a, a regular basis, and. And so I do, and um, it was fun, and I was nervous the first time I drove it, thinking I don't want to drive it off the rails or anything <laughs> else like that. And, and so you're nervous, and you're going, and after about four or five trips around the loops, you start realizing, I'm seeing the same thing every time. So it, um, so it, but I still get excited about seeing you know, the deer that are wild and walking mm -hmm. around and things of that nature. But uh, it's... It, there are a lot of things that are repetitious about it, but every time you come into the depot and you're seeing the kids all yeah. excited about seeing you coming in and all that. So where did this love for trains come from? Because, like I said, you're a collector, and uh, what's the term for uh, well, what, what you do with your basement is like a giant train depot. Yeah, and that, that's another one of Mark's faults. Um, I, you know, I started back in the 70s. I, re I remember after getting my first job in radio, I was walking through the shopping mall one day and I saw King Norman Toys, mm -hmm. which was one of the big toy stores out there. And I thought, what, when was the last time you were in a toy store? Mm -hmm. And I thought, let's, I'm going to go into the toy store. And I ended up buying a model train of all things. And I had not really thought about it, except that I used to like model trains when I was little. And uh, so I toyed with it, but then life happened and you're busy with your, you know, career and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And I was living in a lot of apartments in those days and had no place to set it up. So it just pretty much stayed boxed. And then when I moved up here, um, I, the train was out there and, and it wasn't even so much train as I've always wanted to work in an amusement park type setting. Oh, okay. There was times where I wanted to work at Disneyland, but I, every time I did, I'd want to drive the monorail or the train or, or whatever. And uh, so driving the train and it 
brought up my thought process of the model railroads again, and I still had a lot of stuff that I had back in the 70s. And Mark came over, saw my basement, said, you need to build a train down here. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, because I know it'll take over the entire basement. And he said, no, just a four-foot by eight-foot layout. So I did, and... How big is it now? It's 14 by <laughs> 32 feet long, so it's, it's the entire half side of the basement is the model train, so... Now, the other thing you do, which I just think is so cool, is the work you do with the Community Workshop and Training Center, which is your, your other job. Uh, briefly tell us about that. Well, that's my, that's my main job. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a full-time job uh, doing public relations and communications mm -hmm. and things of that nature. We work with adults with disabilities mm -hmm. and uh, trying to help them uh, achieve as much independence as they're capable of. And uh, it's just a great organization. It's, um, it's really changed my mind. You know, all these years in radio that I turned around and I looked at, you know, I do some things with nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And I always just, you know, bundled up nonprofits together. But when I went to work for the workshop, it was like, wow, nonprofits really are, not only are they not all lumped into one category, they're all different. Every one of them is mm -hmm. different. Uh, one of the things unique about our, our uh, uh, workshop is that, you know, CWTC is 100% local. We don't have a parent organization. We don't have um, uh, that big marketing, you know, machine that helps, you know, helps you uh, try and raise extra money. A lot of our funding comes from the state. Uh, we do contract packaging for Caterpillar. That's one of the, the, the job opportunities for our consumers. And then, of course, we have residential facilities as well. And uh, when we do do a fundraiser and things like that, all that money is 100% here and, and going to our programs mm -hmm. and services for adults with disabilities. Well, that's righteous work. Good for you. Thank you. It, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it is... Um, it was funny because the first day, I've never worked in a radio station. You have a staff of anywhere from 15 to 35 people, depending on the size of the station and that sort of thing. And when I walked into an organization where I, we had like 150 other employees <laughs> and 250 other consumers, and, you know, the first time I'm walking down the hallway, it's like, hi, how are you? Yeah, good to see you. You know, I couldn't remember a name to save my life. And... Um, and pretty soon everything's on a first name yeah. basis and the clients are always coming up and saying hi and high fiving you and yeah. talking about That's things. Cool. So and they listen to the radio station out on there the production floor. Way to and promote. I don't even think they know it's me on there sometimes. <laughs> well, as you can hear, a well rounded guy. A little less well-rounded than you used to be. He's lost a ton of weight. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> lost 64 pounds, so it's uh, I got about another 10 to go. But it uh, it was either that or apply for statehood. So I, <laughs> I decided take a few inches off and leave it at that. So. Rick Stevenson, the morning host at Super Hits WIRL at 102.7 FM and 1290 AM. You can hear him every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 AM until noon. That'll do it for Airplay. Remember, you can see us on PeoriaLife.com, Facebook, YouTube, and Peoria TV Channel 17 on i3 Broadband. Until next time, thanks for watching Scott Wheeler's Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.